Welcome to Scaredy Cast, everybody. It's uh, it's just me. It's just Tony here, hanging out. Um, who? Uh, sorry for the uh, lack of episode last week. Um, I was sick again. <laughs> we normally record these, so uh, we cannot record because I was dying in bed. But I'm okay. I'm all right now. I just have this period where I just. Like a good solid month or two where I have a cold that just comes and goes because I'll get sick and then my one of my kids will catch it and then my wife will catch it and then I'll catch it again and then we just kind of pass it off between all of us for the, you know, about two months straight. So it's great. Um, but we're all okay now and we're here. Um, I'm going to uh, read off some of the, uh, the weird and crazy news that has been happening lately. Kelsey is going to be jumping in here towards the end to share her bit of news. And then, uh, you know, we'll wrap things up. Episode 107, though, we will be back to normal, kind of. I did a Instagram story, like a live story. I did a live stream late on a drunken Saturday night, and I got some of our listeners in there talking, and I was... uh, I asked on their opinions on some things that they'd like to see more of on the show, things that like they they would like to see less of, and a lot of people said that they missed how we didn't really have a creep of the week anymore. We still like talk about creepy guys and everything, but we kind of just stopped doing a featured creep of the week. So we're going to bring that back. We're actually going to bring that back starting today with an update on this serial slapper and... uh they also said that they miss having like the intro music for each segment. And that was kind of, uh, I was, I would do the intro music live while we recorded. It was never like edited in. And I used like a soundboard app to do it and it stopped working and I got mad at it. And I said, fine, we're just not even going to do that no more. But, uh, our dude, uh, that did our intro, we have the, we had the intro music and then uh, skinwalker beats, he took that, remixed it, and that's what you hear now at the intro and the outro of the show. But he is composing all kinds of cool, uh, you know, segment intros for everybody. So we'll have those on the next episode as well. So we're going to bring all the intro music back for each segment. And um, yeah, that's all. That's the uh, that's the little house cleaning news bits that we have for you for now. So we're going to jump into the news now. Um, like I said, this is going to be kind of a short episode because it's just me. Uh, Kelsey's going to be jumping in with her stuff at the end. But uh, like I said, uh, episode 107, the next one after this, we'll all be together. Uh, hijinks will be ensuing as always. And uh, we should be back to normal, you know, going forward. Um, first off, like I said, dude, creep of the week. The St. Paul slapper, the serial slapper, has been found and jailed. He's been caught. Uh, he's been linked to six attacks since mid-December. Um, this was super weird. <laughs> like, 
like we said, the uh, just people would just be walking down the street, and this guy would jump out of his car, run up, and slap the hell out of him. But uh, not anymore, as justice has been found in St. Paul. The streets of St. Paul can rest easy tonight and walk freely. The St. Paul slapper is in jail. A police spokesman said it was just bizarre behavior. It's unclear what his motive was, but he never attempted to steal anybody's cars or anything either. Um, he was arrested on January 20th in Minneapolis. And, um, however, uh, he was released from jail. But they're keeping an eye on him, so don't worry about it. Don't worry too much. <laughs> uh, there was a, uh, an employee at a Savers said that the man came in late in the morning and mumbled something to her. When she asked what he said, he started calling her cuss words. Ugh, the worst. I mean, just don't call people cuss words, especially in public. Um, yeah, this guy sucks. So hopefully there'll be a movie about him. Hopefully there'll be a Netflix documentary about the St. Paul Slapper. That's what I want. The Ted Bundy one is great and all, but let's get one about the St. Paul Slapper for real. We all know about Ted Bundy, you know. <coughs> Moving on. Kyrie Irving, basketball megastar, actor from the... Uh, his first feature-length movie was Uncle Drew. I don't know if you basketball fans out there watched Uncle Drew, but it was okay. What does basketball and Kyrie Irving have to do with Scaredy's cast and all that stuff? I'll tell ya. Um, his next movie that he is uh, signed up to get ready to do is about uh, the oral history and experiences from other NBA players who have stayed at the Skirvin Hotel in Oklahoma City, the hotel is frequently traveled by NBA teams, but some players refuse to stay there because of its reputation of being haunted. The hotel has been open since 1911, and uh, where's it? Or Kyrie Irving said that having his own experiences at the hotel, he connected with the idea of this movie right away. Um. I've heard firsthand from some people that this hotel is actually pretty haunted. Uh, it's located, you know, in Oklahoma City, like it says. And when NBA teams travel there to go play the Oklahoma City Thunder, a lot of players will refuse to stay there because of the weird shit that goes on there. So that uh, should be interesting. I'll watch it. I'm going to see that movie. All right. Moving on. It's hard to do here by myself, you know? It's kind of lonely. There's a three-year-old went missing in North Carolina. I have my own children, and I would lose my mind if any of them went missing. I wouldn't even know how to handle it or what to do. But thankfully for this family, a bear took care of the kid while he was in the woods. A three-year-old boy was found alive in the woods of eastern North Carolina after he went missing for two days, and he spent time with a bear, he says. Now, this is what I'm going to say about this whole thing. So get ready. I'm about to flip this story on its ass. The little boy disappeared. He'd been playing with two other children in his grandma's yard in North Carolina. So 
he goes missing. Two days later, he was found calling for his mother about a quarter of a mile away, about 40 to 50 yards deep into the woods. He was soaking wet, cold, and tangled up in thorn bushes. Uh, the, the rescuers had to go through waist-deep water to get all the way to the toddler. But how did he get there? And how did he stay alive for two whole days? A three-year-old in the woods. Okay? His aunt posted on Facebook and said he hung out with a bear for two days. She didn't say if it was the bear or was real or imagined. His aunt called her nephew safety a miracle. Um, and in an update, they said that they shared a photo of the boy alongside a photo of a bear. Um, yeah, he just survived in these woods. And he he talked about a bear. And this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm going to say, which nobody is talking about. I'm saying it was Bigfoot. I'm saying that Bigfoot took care of this kid in those woods. There's no way a three-year-old is going to survive in the woods for two whole days at all. There's animals. It's crazy. Bear's going to eat this kid. He's going to freeze to death, all that kind of stuff. Okay, it's January, North Carolina. I don't know the weather there, but I'm assuming it's very cold. Uh, anyways, yeah, I'm just saying it was Bigfoot. Bigfoot took care of this kid. So, you know, hats off to Bigfoot or something. Maybe a weird wood forest hermit. I don't know. I'm saying Bigfoot. Guess what? I'm going to freak all of you guys out. To let you know that if you have a big walk-in closet or anything, that somebody might be living inside of it. A student at the University of North Carolina found a man inside her closet wearing her clothes. After she repeatedly noticed that her belongings were misplaced or missing entirely, she thought that she had a ghost. She consistently locked her door and there was never any sign that anyone had broken into the place. According to police... The woman heard a noise coming from her closet and opened the door to find a man living in there wearing her clothes. She thought there was a raccoon in her closet. She said, uh, she walked up to the door of the closet and said, who's there? And somebody answered me. Like I would shit my pants and run from the house. I would, that's just me. Uh, he, and then the man said, my name is Drew. <laughs> uh, and she opened his door, and there he was, wearing all of her clothes. Eesh. Uh, this girl at Haley. Oh, no, this isn't the girl. This is a, uh, a TV person uh, from the news there locally. At Haley Fixler TV, there's a photo of the man in the closet. I don't know, like, why this girl stopped to just take a picture of this dude. He's posing like he's about to drop a hip hop album, but um, yeah, he's uh the man's in jail. Yeah, went to jail. He's you know breaking and entering, identity theft, larceny, possessing stolen goods, you know all that good shit. So check your closets, everybody, especially the attic spaces. If you have one of those little weird attics in the closets, yeah, you never know who or what might be living in there. It might be a man wearing your clothes. I don't know. Uh, guess who's a badass? I'm going to tell you. I don't think we know the man's name yet. Uh, but um, 
he's a runner in Colorado. Now, straight up already, people who run for fun and recreation, they're already badasses because they do those weird, crazy obstacle courses, and I can't do that. So these people are badasses. But this man was attacked by a mountain lion on a run in Colorado, and guess what this man did? Killed the mountain lion with his bare hands. Yeah, I know, right? Talking to you guys, listening to this right now, who's imagining a man strangling a mountain lion to death with his bare hands. He was uh, running, like I said, and a, and a male mountain lion weighing at least 80 pounds attacked a man. <clears throat> he inflicted bite wounds to his face and his wrist before the tables turned, and the man managed to strangle the mountain lion with his bare hands. First off, this man should never have to buy his own drink in that town ever again. Anytime he walks into a bar... Everybody should immediately be willing to buy him a drink. Um, second of all, this guy's getting laid a lot because this is the story that does it, you know? Right? I mean, come on. It's a mountain lion, and he's killed it with his bare hands. That's the manliest thing that anybody's done I don't know how long. So there you go. Um... That's all I got, though. I'm sorry that this episode is so short and weak. Uh, but Kelsey's coming up, and she's got her stuff. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up. And then we'll see you guys next week back with a nice full-length episode. We'll get everything back to normal, back on track for you guys. Uh, we might have some new features coming up. I have an idea for a... I thought I was going to do just a different podcast altogether with this new idea, but I think I might make it part of ScaredyCast. I might, it might be, you know, one day of the week you get this version of ScaredyCast where we talk about weird shit in the news and everything. And then like at the end of the week, you get the different thing I'm thinking about. I'm going to keep it secret and hush hush for now, but uh, we got things cooking. So here's Kelsey. Good night, everybody. See you guys uh, next week. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, Scaredy Cast. All right, so here is my crime story. Think about if someone was attacking you or was attacking someone you love, like what would you use to fend them off? Probably anything that you had by you, right? Like, or you would hope that you would think that quickly. Well, please say that a Texas woman used her granddaughter's scooter to defend herself against a pair of machete-wielding men wearing clown masks. So of course it has something to do with clowns again because they're always freaky as shit. So they attempted to rob her and her husband and police say, and of course it's from Texas city, Texas, like you can't get more Texas than this. Um, police say Aretha Cardinal and her husband and Joseph Nelson were in the driveway of their, of their home last week when the men approached and placed a machete to Nelson's throat. Holy shit. So not only were they like attempting to rob them with machetes, but they actually had her husband with a machete to his throat. And then they say that he wrestled away the machete from one man while his wife grabbed the child's scooter from the driveway and used it to strike the other guy. 
So they tell uh, a news station in Houston that the men try to run away, but the couple chase them, smashing their vehicle window with a scooter. And so the two suspects have gone to jail and were arrested on aggravated robbery charges. Um, I feel like they should also be charged with murder charges as well. But, like, how fucking baller and boss is that? So not only did these guys come up with machetes, which are basically swords, like modern-day swords, <laughs> slash, like, I don't know, jungle-type things that just take trees down. Like, they had it to the guy's throat, and then somehow he got away, which is insane. Like, I have no idea how he got away. And then his wife fucking just, like, hit the guy with a scooter. Like, those things are not light, and they are metal. So I can't imagine that that didn't hurt. But not only that, they also were able to basically mark the car by fucking busting the window. Like, that is... I would probably be so scared that I would just like shit myself or I don't even know. I'd probably be dead for no reason because of a machete and just because the people want to rob him. But I guess that kind of makes me think like, what would you want to have by you? Like, obviously, like not a knife or a gun or whatever. I just wonder what our viewers would want or our listeners would want by them. I think if anything, maybe I would want... I don't even fucking know, like something really heavy, like a glass object or something that I could at least throw or, or do something like that. But yeah, pretty crazy stuff coming out of Texas. They're all, uh, they don't fuck around in Texas. That's for sure. Now it is time for our alien story. All you security cats out there. So obviously we're always asking, are we alone? Is there, are we really the only planet out there with life? Like, and we, we say like we can't be, but then when someone comes forward and talks about their alien experience, where it's like, oh, they're crazy, they smoke too much pipe or whatever. But this story is coming out of Mississippi from the Gulf Coast. So after 45 years of keeping it a secret, even from his own family, um, a guy in Mississippi, when his health was declining. He said that he wanted to write a book and leave his legacy and that he was now ready to tell the story of the event that would change his life forever. So in 1973, this man, Calvin Parker, he was 19. So he was a hard worker, just wanted to build a home, raise a family. But these were all derailed during a fishing trip. Um, He said that a real bright beam appeared all over us and it kind of blinded us for a second. And when I got my vision back, I seen, his words, not mine, I seen three bulky looking creatures coming towards us. Ever since he said seen, sorry, I just felt like I had to read the rest of it in a Mississippi accent. Now, I don't know who he is with. He must have been with some buddies or something. He was on a fishing trip. And so he tells you, because of this night, he spent the last 45 years in hiding, scared to face the curious and unrelenting public eye. But after suffering a stroke and having two open heart surgeries, holy shit, how is he still alive? In a rare interview, Parker is recounting that the night that changed his life. So he says that they pulled up and noticed there was posted signs there. And then he also noticed noticed some blue hazy lights reflecting from across from his back. So out across the water and they were reflecting off the water. So he stood up thinking that he was going to jail for trespassing or whatever. Then he turned around and about that time, his friend Charlie stood up 
and turned around as well and noticed the blue lights were coming from something different than what they thought it was. They knew it wasn't a patrol car and they still couldn't quite make it out. So they're still kind of weird. So just north of where that shipyard now sits, Parker and his fishing buddy, who was 42-year-old Charles Hickson, would do anything but fish that night, which is weird that 42-year-old's going fishing with a 19-year-old, but whatever. So they saw three bulky-looking creatures coming towards us. They were probably, they say they were like anywhere between four and five feet tall, built like football players. So this is definitely different than your normal alien story. Usually you think that they're all long and skinny with big heads, but this one says that they're big. Um, I noticed they were, that they kind of moved mechanical-wise and they were floating off the ground. But by the time that they stood up and turned around, they were there on all of them at once. So two of them got a hold of Charlie, his friend, and one of them got a hold of Parker. And he's like, instantly, he felt like he got relaxed. So maybe they have like some kind of, I don't know, like way to kind of get into your brain and close off your receptors or whatever it might be. So then he's kind of recalling that he was brought to an examination room with the big old ugly creature that brought him in and he took him and laid him on the examination table and he backed up out of the way, but he couldn't move at all. So all he did was look and there was something about the size of a deck of cards that came out of the ceiling and it hovered in front of his eyes and then it went on the right side of his head and it clicked, went behind his head and clicked to the left side of his head and then clicked straight to the front. So... Something is basically holding his head down. And that's when he heard some ruffling noise and a more feminine looking creature came out. She looked completely different from what he calls the robot. The other one was kind of feminine. She had regular fingers and came over and pinched him on the cheek. And then she took her finger and ran it down his throat and got it behind the thing. (laughs) He said, and got it behind that thing that hangs down back there. So your epiglottis. (laughs) Um, and try to come up in nasal cavity, and that's when it started hurting. He started choking, got scared, and she kind of telepathically, oh, so she telepathically told him, don't be afraid, we aren't going to hurt you, even though she's sticking what obviously is a long-ass finger down his throat, up through his nose. And then with those, Parker said that the aliens dropped him back off on the bank, frozen in fear. They didn't want to let anyone know what happened to them, but they, um, they had to tell somebody, so they called the sheriff's office, which doesn't even fucking make any sense. Oh, you don't want anyone to know, but you're going to call the police in a small town in Mississippi. That sounds like a great way to end up uh, in the loony bin. So when he called, they say, like, okay, what happened? They say, we got picked up by a UFO. And then they just laughed at him. So let's see. So they were trying to say that they really got taken by aliens and then they were even interrogated and then what they heard next was proof enough for them that the two might not be lying so Ryder says they was upset I figured they say we got these guys fooled but that boy was especially upset you can't make up that kind of fear so they took lie detector tests and they passed which I'm not really a huge fan of lie detector tests anyways Um, but ufologists and researchers flew in right away to interview and hypnotize them uh, concluding that they did experience something traumatic and the two were even sent to the Air Force Base so going from not telling anybody to like it was like a big media circus or whatever they go to the emergency room get tested there and then they're saying like wait a second They really did see a UFO, 
But basically, it's just them talking about their encounter and like you can't really pin everything down. And now uh, he plans to buy a housewife, a houseboat with his uh, wife and live on it. So that's basically a story from Mississippi. I don't know how you can say like, oh, I don't want anyone to know my story about being abducted from aliens. But then you go to the police and they tell like the Air Force Base and then all this media comes and you tell your story and now you're telling it again. Saying like, oh, I want people to know my story now when people already do know. But it's very interesting that he would describe them as big linebackers. So, I mean, that's totally different than any kind of alien versions that I've ever seen or that has been detected in like, or uh, not detected, um, but reflected in movies or other accounts. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was drugged by his friend and then he raped his mouth <laughs> and that's what felt like it was going up his nasal cavity. I mean, it is weird that a 40-year-old was fishing with a 19-year-old, so there might be some weird stuff going on. And it is uh, South Mississippi a long time ago, so it might have not been as talked about. But uh, yeah, so some guys coming clean on his alien encounter and I hope that he can sell lots of books or he can listen to scaredy cast if he's listening down there in Mississippi go ahead and call in a scaredy cast we want to hear your version of the story get you the media rounds give you the the recognition that you deserve